Welcome to The Gallipod with me, Gallop Placidia. In this episode, I'm reading part nine of my fake scaredy cat. If you're not here for dry fanfic, you're in the wrong place. Content warning. This story deals with themes of depression and PTSD. I hope you enjoy Scaredy Cat. Chapter 17. Two weeks left in New York and I only just discovered frozen hot chocolate. What's frozen hot chocolate? I don't know what's shit about England, though. Rain? Bad teeth? Far-reaching legacy of empire? (laughs) Well, sure. But what I was thinking was... It's been nice, feeling so light and unknown. Harry was wholly unprepared to deal with such openness freely given. He stared at his phone for a second, and Draco texted again. I introduce myself and people sometimes say, that's an unusual name, or are you British? And if I'm nice, they think I'm nice. That must be freeing. I would enjoy that too, frankly. You know how sometimes you only realise you had a headache when it goes away? I think so. Yeah, like that. Are you nervous about coming back? Yes, for quite a few reasons. You told me once I would be fine, because... I don't know, something about being lovable. What a profound and detailed impression my words leave upon you. Well, I think you're going to be fine too. Are you calling me lovable, Harry? I am. Like a cuddly bear. Or a kitten, I suppose. You could always stay in America. If you're happier there. I'd need a visa marriage. I'm sure Chet would step up. Anyway, just had to tell you about the frozen hot chocolate. I'm back to work. X. It was funny how much Harry missed Pansy living with him, although he couldn't bring himself to regret her loss when he saw how happy she was with Blaze. Blaze, too, seemed like a different person, still drawling and theatrical, but inclined to kindness rather than cynicism. "'Are you terribly lonely without Pansy Parkinson, Harry?' he asked Harry, pulling her close and kissing her on the cheek. "'Are you like a flower in a winter of no sun?' "'I'm doing okay,' said Harry. "'How are you two? We're okay, said Blaze, looking at Pansy fondly. Got to be. You're a very embarrassing boyfriend, aren't you? asked Pansy, although she seemed pleased. Very, said Blaze. You seem well, Harry told Pansy, when Blaze went to go talk to Mipsy about dinner. Compared to the last time I saw you. Pansy wrinkled her nose. How ungracious of you to bring that up, she said. So you and Blaze are together, and now you're fine. She tilted her head. Aren't you bitter, heartbroken Harry, she said. No, obviously it's not as simple as that. I told you, everything's always complicated. But some people make things easier. Blaze makes things easier, bearable. Her eyes flicked to the doorway as Blaze came back through. More than bearable. I'm not bitter, said Harry, because he wasn't, but he was self-involved. Okay, said Pansy clearly disbelieving. How have you been doing? Good thanks and you. No, I mean, how's your, you know, your sleep? It's okay at the moment. I had a couple of rough days last week, but I hung out with Ron and Hermione, and it was okay. How's your sleep? Grand. Harry was glad Draco had found happiness abroad. He really was, and one day, maybe not too long from now, Harry would be happy as well. It was a strange, anguished sort of feeling, because getting over Draco felt like losing him. But increasingly Harry could see that romance aside, he had the people he needed in his life. 
there was something comforting about that, even if it wasn't quite what he wanted. Draco got back on a Thursday, but Harry didn't see him until the following evening at Theo Knott's drinks party. Draco will be there, won't he? said Seamus, watching Harry violently trying to fix his hair in the mirror. Dean tried to sleep with him once, but he wouldn't. I know, said Harry. He pushed down on a perky strand of hair, and it popped back up in clear defiance of Newton's discoveries. I thought that was decent of him, said Seamus. I mean, minimally, said Harry. But yeah, Draco's very decent. Seamus twisted his mouth. He looked hot, he said. I look, said Harry, then gave up, because it was depressing. He looked just as he had at seventeen, scrawny and hunted. He tugged at the collar of his shirt. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's got a boyfriend. He always has a boyfriend. Draco hadn't mentioned Chet in a while. Harry hadn't brought it up, because he knew how Draco must be dreading the long distance. Maybe we should make out at the party to make Dean and Draco jealous, said Seamus. Harry laughed. <laughs> Great idea. No. Ah, you're no fun, said Seamus, and they went to Theo Knott's house. Harry had been anxiously downing drinks for an hour by the time Draco showed up, looking aggressively handsome. The kind of handsome that meant he was trying. Harry had lived with Draco, knew how Draco dressed and styled his hair when he was eager to please. The moment he caught Harry's eye, he lit up, his face becoming soft and sweet. He waved. It looked nervous, as if he thought Harry wouldn't wave back, and when Harry did, he smiled even wider. But everyone wanted to talk to Draco, to catch up. It was so rare that any of them went away. Harry waited his turn. He didn't have a special right, which hurt a little, but it was okay. There were lots of people to talk to, it wasn't like Harry was alone. He had almost given up hope of speaking to Draco that evening, when Draco found him. Harry had just listened to a 15-minute Luna Lovegood special on the merits of a unique mould she was growing in her bathroom, and was very relieved when she suddenly remembered she had to ask Neville about healthy mould temperatures. Harry was left, alone, leaning against the wall. Hey, said Draco, appearing out of nowhere. He lounged against the wall next to Harry, and Harry turned his face to look at him. Draco was smiling, just as he had when he had first seen Harry, as if being in Harry's presence was a pleasure that hadn't yet dimmed. He was so handsome. Harry wondered if he had always been handsome. He had a feeling he had been, that Harry had noticed before at school and put the knowledge away. Hey, said Harry. Nice chat with Luna, asked Draco. It was about mould. Ah, Muggles use mould in their medicine. We did an article about it last February. Harry laughed. Shall I go get Luna? he asked. She'd be happy to discuss it with you at length. No, said Draco, still smiling, and put one hand on Harry's arm. They both looked down at Draco's fingers on Harry's skin. Draco slowly pulled his hand back. Sorry, he said, his expression serious. I didn't think I'd get a chance to talk to you tonight, said Harry to try and cover the fact that his arm had goose pimples from Draco's brief touch. You're very popular. People just like novelty, said Draco. I wanted to talk to you earlier. It's so good to see you. Harry was a little dizzy. From the drinks, maybe, or from Draco. From the way Draco was looking at him. It's good to see you too, he said. Draco opened his mouth, then closed it again. You know, said Harry... And this was the drinks, he was pretty sure. You're the only friend I've ever really felt was mine, somehow. Just me and you. I know that's stupid. I am yours, interrupted Draco. It felt like... 
like a camera trick in a film. The whole world spinning around them, and Draco quiet at the centre. If you still want me, added Draco. He blinked, strange and fluttering, as if there was rain on his eyelashes. Do you? Harry was blinking a lot too. For some reason, Draco's words seemed to echo. If you still want me, do you? Yes, said Harry, because it was obvious, and it was a stupid question, even though of course it wasn't. Draco closed his eyes and tilted his forehead towards the wall, only for a second, then looked shyly at Harry. May I kiss you? he asked. Yes, said Harry. Draco smiled, but Harry couldn't smile yet. He was stunned by a feeling that was too important to be happiness. It was something else. But just as Draco's nose nudged against Harry's, he remembered... What about Chet? Draco pulled back, his eyebrows rising in concern. He reached a slow hand to Harry's face and stroked it, palm to Harry's cheek, thumb brushing under Harry's eye. Broke up with him the night you and I talked about... about my father, he said. You... why didn't you say? It felt presumptuous to assume you might still... Harry shook his head, astonished. I do, he said. I do want you. Draco's hand stilled on Harry's cheek, holding him in place. He leant in. Harry didn't move. He waited for Draco to come to him. And Draco did with a light, tentative kiss that felt like a question. So Harry kissed back hard, and Draco made a small sound. Oh, he said. I've missed you. He grabbed Harry around the waist and pulled them hip to hip. Yeah, said Harry, breathlessly. I missed you too. And then Draco's face was so close to his, not quite kissing him, just close and worshipful, the tip of his nose moving over Harry's skin. Kiss me, said Harry, and Draco huffed a quiet laugh before obeying. A piece of popcorn hit Harry's cheek. Harry broke away from Draco to see Theo not staring at them. What's going on here? he asked, and Draco laughed. It felt as if Draco's laughs were close to the surface just then, but did not answer. He leant close to Harry's ear and whispered, Take me to yours. Yeah, said Harry. He took Draco's hand and led them through their friends. They were getting off, he heard Theo telling someone. Draco and Harry, I am not making it up. In the front hall, Harry took Draco's wrist and apparated them back to Grimmel Place. The sitting room, because he didn't want to assume anything. Draco was on him in an instant. Can we go upstairs? he asked, in between kisses. Harry nodded, bewildered. He knew he should probably stop this, check Draco wanted what Harry did. And what did Harry want? The question conjured instant dreamy visions of a neat little house, and Draco turning towards Harry with a smile and a cup of tea, as if it were normal and comfortable that he were there. But Harry was too turned on to think, and he and Draco went up the stairs hurriedly, in silence. Well, Harry was silent. Draco kept laughing. You're tipsy, he said, when Harry fumbled at Draco's buttons. So are you, protested Harry. Draco shook his head. Sober as a child. Here, mind if I... He pointed his wand at Harry inquisitively. Harry nodded, so Draco cast the sobriety spell. The world clicked into clarity, except where Harry needed it, because when he looked at Draco, all he could feel was a desperate, heady longing that paid no heed to reason. Still up for it? asked Draco. Yes, said Harry, and pulled Draco onto the bed with him. Fuck, I love touching you. My arms. Through clothes, said Draco, laughing, because that's all Harry was doing, 
rubbing his hands up and down Draco's biceps. Yes, said Harry. I love touching your arms through clothes, and your hair, and kissing your eyebrows, he demonstrated. Draco's hands were all over Harry, too, busily running all over him, as if he wanted to map out all of Harry's edges. Then it was as it always was. Sex with Draco had only ever been intimate and talkative, and this time was no different. God, you look amazing naked. It's a crime you have to wear clothes, said Draco. I need you closer. Hold still. Fuck, you're tight. I need you. Harry. I miss this so much. Harry. Me too. Harry. Chapter 18 Draco lay panting on top of Harry for a long time after they'd both come, his face buried in Harry's neck. Harry slowly moved his legs down when they started to cramp. Draco stirred, kissed Harry's neck. You're perfect, he said. Harry pressed the side of his face against Draco's. Do you have to go? he asked. Draco turned to look at him. What? Can you stay? asked Harry. Draco was frowning. He looked worried. If that's okay? he asked. Harry shifted, and Draco rolled off him. I can go if you prefer, asked Draco, his eyebrows pressing confusedly together. No, said Harry. I want you to sleep over. I just wasn't sure you would want that. I told you, said Draco. I want... You weren't actually all that clear about what you want, pointed out Harry. Draco closed his eyes, looking exhausted. Look, can we go shower? he asked. Yes, said Harry. Together? Harry laughed. <laughs> yes, he said, and they went into the bathroom. Draco knew his way around Harry's shower, of course, and Harry watched, helpless with wanting, as Draco tested the temperature. And it was just right when they got in. Perfect. Draco poured out a small puddle of shampoo into his hands and worked it through Harry's hair. Harry stood still. His back was heated by the warm water, and Draco's careful fingers massaged his scalp, grey eyes fixed on Harry's hair. When a bit of foam fell onto Harry's forehead, Draco wiped it away with a small, focused frown. Step back, he said, and Harry tilted his head into the water. Draco did all the work, gently pulling at the shampoo and Harry's hair. Am I hurting you? he asked once. He was so assiduous about making sure no water got into Harry's eyes. No, said Harry. Feels good. He had his eyes closed and didn't expect the kiss Draco bestowed upon him. When Harry's hair had been rinsed clean, Draco began to lather his body with slow, attentive strokes. I've really messed you around, he said, as he soaked Harry's chest. Harry didn't answer, because it was sort of true, even though Harry had understood why, almost from the beginning. But Draco's face contorted in a lightning expression of pain, and Harry put a hand to Draco's scarred chest. Hey, said Harry. Sorry, murmured Draco, barely audible above the water. Turn around, I'll do your back. They didn't say anything else after that. They were silent when Harry washed Draco's hair, when Draco got out of the shower first and held out a towel for Harry, then wrapped him up in it and stood holding him for twenty seconds. They were quiet as they brushed their teeth, although Draco did laugh when Harry dried Draco's hair with a towel, tousling him like a wet dog. They went back to Harry's bedroom, and was silent as Harry gave Draco a pair of boxers and a t-shirt and got dressed himself. When he was done, he found Draco sitting, knees to chest, at the foot of the bed, his back against the carved bedpost. 
Harry propped himself up against his pillows, facing Draco. You okay? he asked, because Draco looked miserable. Just a bit worried I fucked it before we started, said Draco. Has he fucked it up yet? Pansy had asked. Tell me what we've started, said Harry, evenly. Draco's eyes flicked to meet his. What do you want? he asked. That's not fair, said Harry. You've known what I want all along, it's your turn. Draco licked his lips, a nervous gesture, the tongue ring briefly darting into sight before disappearing. It feels like too much to ask, he said. Tell me. I want you to be my boyfriend, said Draco, then looked quickly down. Harry didn't say anything for almost a minute. He was trying to figure out what to say, because part of him wanted to shout for joy, but the rational, adult part, the part that knew to avoid pain, wanted more information before it celebrated. Draco waited patiently, hunching smaller and smaller as the seconds passed, his chin on his knees, his eyes lowered. What changed? asked Harry, finally. The space between them felt cavernous. Harry wished Draco were holding him, but it was probably better that he wasn't. Because if Draco was here because he was scared of being alone, or because he was heartbroken over Chet, or because he felt he owed Harry something, then there was no point in Harry getting used to having him. I... It's hard to explain, said Draco. Harry was seized by the urge to throw a pillow at him. Try, he said. Draco rested his forehead on his knees, then sat up and leant his head against the bedpost. When did you first think about kissing me? he asked. I I don't know, said Harry, surprised. A few years ago, probably. Draco nodded, looking at the ceiling. I first thought about it in fifth year, he said, in potions. You cut your finger and sucked on it, and I thought, I wonder what he's like to kiss. Fifth year, said Harry, blankly. Fifth year? Draco nodded again. After that, I couldn't stop thinking about it. About you. All the time. You pushed out all my other fantasies. You know what it's like when you're fifteen. But you were such a... Draco moved his head in a sudden, frightened movement. Twat, Harry said. Draco's head lolled back against the bedpost. I wasn't going to mention the war. Is it all right if I mention it? Asked Draco, after a moment. Yes, said Harry. Draco flexed his fingers, balled them, then flexed them long again. Kept thinking about it. What would it be like to kiss Harry Potter? Probably terrible, I told myself, although I knew you'd be good at it. You're good at everything. I'm not. Everything that matters. Anyway, six here, he paused. The bathroom. Harry reached out and put his hand on Draco's ankle. Draco smiled, then continued. Thanks. That's... Well, I knew it was real before that. I mean, the Dark Lord was living in my house. I had seen what he would do to me if I failed. But that was the first time I realised what you would do to me if I succeeded. Harry squeezed Draco's ankle. Stayed quiet. That was when I realised how profoundly inferior I was to you, said Draco. That may have been the worst thing I've ever done, said Harry. If anything, it proves the opposite. We're talking about sixth year Draco, though, said Draco. I was very intimidated by strength. It wasn't strength. I was scared and childishly trusting. Well, so was I, said Draco. Harry squeezed Draco's ankle once more, then leant back into his pillows. Go on, he said. It was almost impossible not to admire you during the war, said Draco, 
his gaze fixed somewhere around Harry's right ear. You were so bold, and no one could catch you, and it was obvious that you were powerful enough to frighten the Dark Lord. Sorry, I am trying to break that habit, but it's so ingrained. I don't care what you call him, said Harry. No, of course you don't. You're very easy to be around, did you know? It's something Blaze wants to write a whole chapter about in your biography. I'm not letting Blaze anywhere near my biography, said Harry. Go on, but skip the part about me being all war hero-y or, or whatever. Draco laughed. All right. What I'm trying to get at is that it didn't help the, the wanting to kiss you thing, which was a particularly dangerous crush to have in that household, with all the bloody legitimacy that went on. And then you went and rescued me when I thoroughly... He broke off. Deserve to burn to death? asked Harry. Is that what you're going to say? Draco had gone pale and haunted. No one deserves that, he muttered. He blinked hard and looked away. I'm sorry about Crab, said Harry, softly. Oh, don't, not now, I, I can't. I'm going somewhere with all this, and if I think about him, I'll... Will you come here? asked Harry. Draco glanced at him. Would that be okay? he asked, so earnestly that Harry's heart twisted in on itself. Yeah, said Harry, and Draco crawled over to him. But instead of climbing into Harry's arms, he sat next to Harry, then pulled Harry into his lap. He tucked Harry's head under his chin, as if he were a small child in need of comfort. I can't believe I get to hold you, he said. It's like getting to take a museum piece home. Harry stiffened. What's wrong? asked Draco. I'm not, said Harry. But he didn't know how to express it. It sounded so arrogant to say, when you treat me like something superhuman it makes me feel inhuman. Oh, said Draco, and tilted Harry's head up, looked intently into his face. I don't mean because you're Harry Potter. I mean because you're something I've wanted for so long, and never been allowed to have. You did have me, said Harry, before you left. Draco shook his head. No, I wouldn't let myself. I broke my own rules, of course, because I'm stupid and weak, but I didn't allow myself to... He drifted off his arms pressing closer around Harry, then placed a careful kiss on Harry's scar. You're perfect, he said. I'm not, said Harry, desperately. Harry, I'm not saying you don't have flaws. I'm saying your flaws are perfect to me. Harry let out a long breath. Oh, he said. Draco's eyes moved searchingly over his face. Would you like me to stop talking? he asked. No, said Harry. I feel I owe you an explanation, said Draco. Tell me to shut up and go, and I'll shut up and go. I'm perfectly aware you don't owe me this. No, said Harry. Go on, I want to understand. Draco sighed, closed his eyes, then opened them again. I've always been attracted to strength. After the war, I started to realise that what I had thought was strong before was often brittle, insecure when you took it apart. Violence isn't strong, really. Peace is strong. You're getting awfully philosophical, said Harry. I thought this was about me. Draco laughed, kissed him, as if he couldn't help himself. It is. You saved me when you didn't have to, and I realised you were the strongest person I'd ever known. Because you thought I secretly wanted to murder you and was resisting the urge, said Harry. Well... Yes. But I learnt a lot and quickly when I became friends with Ron and Hermione. He smiled to himself. I'm very grateful to them. 
Sorry, this is incredibly meandering. I swear I'm getting somewhere. It's nice, said Harry. You being so open. You don't mind it? Asked Draco, hesitantly. I'm not boring you? No. <laughs> All right. So, after the war, you didn't like me when everyone else did. I did like you, said Harry. Draco rolled his eyes, as if Harry was being irritatingly polite. And I thought, well, that makes sense. He's always seen more clearly than everyone else. He knows that I'm... He stopped for a moment, as if he couldn't find the right word, then seemed to give up the search. Then Neville asked me out. He always knew I fancied you. He's perceptive, you know. It definitely fucked with him. He has a bit of a complex about you. I didn't ask Voldemort to target me, said Harry. Darling, said Draco, his hand going to Harry's head and pressing it close to his chest. I know. They were quiet for a while. Draco's breath was warm on Harry's hair, and it was safe in his arms. Harry slowly relaxed his muscles, and Draco seemed to sense when the silence was ripe to be broken. But it was only a crush at this point, because I scarcely knew you. And then fucking Blaze gave me fucking stress catism. <laughs> because he wanted us to hook up, by the way, said Harry. Was that the reason? cried Draco. He was so cagey when I asked him. Worked, though, said Harry. Hate to give it to him, but it did work. Draco looked gloomy. Blazer's plans always work. I have reason to suspect he masterminded my promotion to New York. Really? It's kind of intense, said Harry. His schemes when he's unhappy, said Draco. When his mother got a divorce in third year, we all had to burn our letters when we got them, because he went on a plotting rampage. It was like living in a Shakespeare comedy. He got Thea to admit he was bisexual by organising a strangely aggressive cross-dressing night. And that worked? asked Harry. Draco flushed. I make a very pretty girl, he said, as Theo argued after he had kissed me. Anyway, this is beside the point, which is... They looked at each other. Harry remembered them looking at each other like this when Draco had gone back to Neville. A look as raw and clear as a conversation. Living with you, said Draco. Learning about you. About how you struggled so quietly without ever asking for help. How kind you were to me when I was a kitten, and you could so easily have hurt me through neglect. And then you started calling me Draco. And you... You stroked my hands, do you remember? Harry did. He remembered Draco standing in his bedroom, docile and shivery, letting Harry touch one hand and then the other. He remembered that day at the office, convinced that something new was forming between them, only to come home to Draco making cocktails, celebrating getting back together with Neville. Yeah said Harry. I remember. You went back to Neville straight after. No, said Draco. Not straight after. First I went into my room and panicked. I couldn't breathe. You have no idea how scared I was when you figured out I had been deliberately transforming to keep you company. I thought... I didn't know you as well back then. I thought you would do something to me. And then you just touched me instead, just stroked me as if I mattered to you and I... Draco kept shifting, as if he was uncomfortable and wanted to be standing up. Harry moved out of his lap to sit beside him. I was a terrible boyfriend to Neville. I drove him mad, he said. He didn't seem to notice that Harry had moved away. Yeah, well, he didn't seem so great either, said Harry. Draco appeared not to hear him. Somehow you liked me. You, the best person I've ever known. It made no sense. It was terrifying, because I fuck everything up, you know. I fucked up Goyle and Crab and my parents' marriage and... Not sure this list is entirely rational, said Harry. 
I fucked up on both counts and the war couldn't be good and couldn't be bad and I made Neville utterly wretched and now you liked me and I knew quite positively I would fuck that up as well so I just paced around my room trying to calm down, trying to think what to do and when I got to work there was a bouquet of flowers on my desk and I thought, oh, Harry's just going to take charge, he'll decide but they weren't from you, they were from Neville he glanced at Harry, as if waiting for Harry to say something but Harry was silent He came over at lunch and gave his whole speech and... I don't know. I think I felt that maybe if you were my friend I could make you like me longer. It was so awful, said Harry. I was so confused. I'm sorry, said Draco, looking Harry steadily in the eye. Now that I know you better I can see that it... It may have hurt you. May? I don't want to presume, said Draco. You kept looking at me when you were with Neville, and I knew you wanted me, but you never... It made me feel like crap, said Harry. It literally never even occurred to me that I could matter enough to make you feel bad, said Draco. Harry shook his head in disbelief. Fucking afternoon you came back to my office to try on the cat collar and you wanted me to kiss you, didn't you? Draco looked at his hands. None of this makes me look good, he said. He swallowed. It's hard. You have no idea how much I care what you think of me. Harry thought about saying, I love you, then. Because he did, and he could tell Draco needed to hear it. But he also didn't know what had changed since the days when Draco had refused to be with him, and until that was clear, Harry was going to be conservative with his heart. Draco waited a long time, obviously hoping for reassurance, and when he realised it wasn't coming, his face became rather sharp. His jaw tightened, and his eyes were bright, He was scared. But he carried on talking, and Harry loved him more than ever, because it wasn't easy for Draco to be brave. He was trying so hard, and that meant so much. Neville and I broke up, fucking obviously. He had fallen in love with Luna by then. And he was obsessed with the idea that I was secretly sleeping with you, which was infuriating because I wasn't. He stopped talking. Until you were, prompted Harry. Until I was, continued Draco. Because I was terrified of losing you. I didn't want to sleep with you. I mean, I did. God, I longed to, but... I feel like Neville only started to go off me after we slept together. And then... And then you said you loved me. He looked at Harry. Harry looked away. Um, said Draco, sounding distractedly unhappy. So that was, um, that was nice. But... And I don't want to make excuses for myself... I missed you around for ages, I know that. But you have to understand, when Neville and I first started dating, it was all right to begin with. And then it just... deteriorated. And I realised that he had sort of despised me all along. I, I I just couldn't stand the thought of watching you go back to loathing me, not when I was so in love with you. So I broke it off. But you stayed, said Harry, not outwardly reacting to the words, I was so in love with you, because they were in the past tense. And anyway, he had known Draco loved him for a long time. It hadn't made a difference. I grimmeled to look after me. You needed someone, said Draco, almost defensively. Maybe not me, but someone. You were wonderful, said Harry. Draco went still, as if he was scared that Harry would take it back if he moved. He was so considerate. They looked at each other again. Go on, said Harry. 
Then I referenced the Death Eaters and probably confirmed all your worst fears. It doesn't make sense for us to be together, said Draco. It's so natural for you to resent me. I should be able to deserve a boyfriend who loves me, and you should be able to resent me, both at the same time. You deserve that. Resentment never made anyone happy, said Harry. You make me happy. Draco opened his mouth, then shut it again. He turned his head to his knees. It doesn't seem as if I've made you very happy in the last year, he said. Or ever, really. Anyway, yes. I assumed you still hated me, even if you weren't yet aware of it. So I took the job in New York. And dated Chet. Yes. Did you love him? asked Harry. I tried to, said Draco. Because... Because you had told me I deserved to be happy. You do, said Harry. What I just said about how you deserve to resent me and I deserve to date someone who loves me, it was like you understood that. And it was so... so truly selfless of you that... I mean, I suppose I ought to have expected you to be truly selfless. It's your thing. But all the same, I began to think... If he loves me enough to let me go so that I can be happy with someone else, maybe he really just loves me. He had his arms wrapped around himself, his head leaning against the pillow. He let his legs slide down the bed so that he was one long, self-contained line. That's when it began to change. But the final twist was when I found out about Father and you. He closed his eyes. He said nothing for so long that Harry briefly considered the possibility that he had fallen asleep. It was late, after all. But then he spoke again, eyes still closed, tears seeping through his dark eyelashes. Harry, I don't know how you manage it. I don't know how you can have forgiven me so completely. I don't know how you can stand to be my closest friend, the dearest person I've ever had the privilege to know. How you could listen to me talk about my father's illness and treat him like the father of someone you loved rather than who he really is to you. He squeezed his eyes more tightly shut, and the tears that had collected around his lashes came coursing down his cheeks. But he didn't open his eyes. I broke up with Chet that night. He rolled over onto his side, resting his head on his bent arm, staring straight ahead at Harry's thighs. I know you've been seeing other people. I know you still want to have sex with me. I don't know if you still want... I know you deserve better than me, not only because of our past, but because I haven't treated you well throughout this. So, that's the whole story. If you want me, I'm yours. However you want me. Even if it's not how I want it. Harry was sitting upright next to Draco. He slowly stroked a strand of Draco's hair out of his face. Draco shuddered and buried his face in his arm. Please say something, he said. His voice muffled. And you want to be my boyfriend, said Harry. Draco gave another shudder. Harry suddenly realised that it was a sob, that Draco was crying, because he had just unveiled himself and he didn't know what Harry was going to do with him. Harry slipped down in the bed, lay on his side, and pressed his forehead against Draco's. Hey, he said, tipping his nose towards Draco. Hey, said Draco, miserably. I'm really proud of you. What? said Draco. Harry ran a hand soothingly up and down Draco's arm. It was really brave to tell me all that, not knowing how I would react. I'm not brave, said Draco, 
moving his head back to look Harry in the face. His eyeliner was smudged, and his expression was confused, rather helpless. This was hard for you, said Harry, still moving his hand over Draco's body. I think it was brave. Draco's eyes flicked from place to place, as if they were seeking anything but Harry to look at. I'm not brave, he said again. I'm terrified. Harry shuffled closer to him, pressed his body against Draco's, touched his lips to Draco's mouth. Don't be, he said. Draco flipped Harry onto his back and climbed on top of him with a burst of energy that was entirely unexpected. I love you, he said, urgently. I know, said Harry. I love you too, kiss me. Draco did, but broke away far too soon. What does this mean? What do you want? he asked. Please don't make me guess. Harry pulled his face down for another kiss before he answered. Be my boyfriend, he said. Just mine. Draco closed his eyes and sighed. When he opened them again, he looked determined but anxious, as if he had bad news to deliver. He propped up on his elbows above Harry. You have to give up your right to resent me, he said. Okay, said Harry, easily. Because one of us has to give up what we deserve, and with Neville I gave up the chance to have someone love me well. Draco, said Harry, because Draco didn't seem to have heard him. I know, it's done. I love you. It's simple. Draco stared at him. It's not simple, he said. It is, and it isn't, said Harry. But I promise not to resent you. If I realise I actually do, we'll talk about it, okay? Draco looked astonished. Okay, he said, weakly. Then he dipped his head slowly down for a kiss. They had sex again, and for the first time, neither of them said a word. They were entirely silent. It was the closest Harry had ever felt to another person. Afterwards, Draco turned off the lights and spelled them clean. He curled around Harry. They were both naked now, and Draco's skin was hot and lightly damp against Harry's back. I love you so much said Draco into Harry's neck. The words came out heavy with emotion. Harry was too tired to answer. He took Draco's hand in his and squeezed. Draco squeezed back, and Harry knew he understood. That was part nine of Scaredy Cat, written and read by Gallop Sidia. Tune in next week for the final part. Don't forget to join my newsletter if you like at newsletter.gallopod.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app, or maybe tell a friend. I also have an Instagram at letthemeatbooks with underscores instead of spaces, where I post reviews of the books I read. So please say hello on there. Thank you for listening.